Hi, my name is Atvik Srinivas, and this is Arnav Vistoki, and together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Drift. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we'll be previewing the AFC and NFC West divisions for the 2021 NFL season. With that being said, let's get right into it. All right, let's start with the AFC West and the team that we all know and love, the Kansas City Chiefs. And really nothing's changed for me over the past three years, ever since Patrick Mahomes, arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever touch a football uh, when he took over this team. You know, this is an ultra talented roster with an enormous amount of weapons that they've added over the past years. You look at Nicole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Uh, and you have a defense that steps up when they need to, led by Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. Um, really, one thing that really you want to point out for this team was the offensive line after the poor Super Bowl play. And you just look, you know, Kansas City isn't in their own world. Like, no other team is going to do this, but one bad game, one bad game with that offensive line, they completely tore it, released, cut everybody, and just completely restructured the offensive line. I mean, when you talk about championship culture and dedication to you know winning in february in january and february when it matters most kansas city's just they're on their own yeah yeah that front office has done a tremendous job and i think if anything you know we wanted to see what's going to happen with the chiefs you know how does that offensive line gel week one do they sort of get going right there there's some growing pains as they say but again you know we say this with this a team like Kansas City, we don't care about the regular season. We're going to see them in January. And even now with the 17-game season, we're going to see them in February. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, man, so see you in February. Let's move on to the team that's actually going to make the AFC West a bit competitive this year. You know, the Chiefs have been running things for the past couple of years, but this team actually might give them a bit of trouble. The Los Angeles Chargers, and man, led by Rookie of the Year quarterback Justin Herbert, you know, they made some excellent offseason moves. We talked about this in the offseason episode. They're not the flashy moves, but they're the right moves. What do you think about this team topic? You know what I think? I know they have a tremendous quarterback, but other than that, we've got to see it. It's always there on paper, right, with this team. It's never a question about do they have the talent, but it's got to pan out at some point. So I'm not going to get too happy, too high with this team, just based on what I see on paper. But maybe, you know, is – Brandon Staley, the guy, the coach that's going to turn this whole thing around. Because we've seen this in past with organizations, you know, they have a lot of talent, but they can't put that all together. You need that right head coach there to make it work. So I think this season's really going to ride or die on whether Brandon Staley can, you know, emphasize his culture, bring it in and kind of making, make winning a culture and with the charges, right? We haven't seen that in, Maybe we had, they had like one good year. They went to the playoffs like in the past five years. But other than that, it's been injuries. It's been not living up to expectations. So that's what I think of the Chargers right now. It's It's been talented rosters followed by seven and nine seasons. So, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this, you know, Brandon Staley coming over from the Rams. That We know we all know that Rams defense was excellent, right? You, you're looking what, what Brandon Staley has to work with with the Chargers. I mean, so much mm-hmm. talent, right? You look at Jalen Ramsey on the Rams. You got – your own version of him and Derwin James playing safety. Um, You have, you know, Aaron Donald was absolute force. You have Joey Bosa now on the D line. Right. So, you know, Brandon Staley, like coming over from the Rams, he has a lot to work with. Another thing I want to point out, you know, last season I was extremely critical 
of Anthony Lynn and his conservative play calling. I really liked how they brought in Joe Lombardi from the Saints because, you know, that it's a perfect fit, right? When you look at the Chargers offense, it is going to open up, you know, the, the, the elements that Joe Lombardi can bring over from the Saints. I mean, the entire playbook is going to open up versus what Anthony Lynn was doing last year, right? You look at Austin Eckler, that's your Alvin Kamara comp, right? You look at Keenan Allen, that's your Mike, uh, that's your uh, Mike Thomas comp, right? And when you look at Justin Herbert, he's really a bigger athletic Drew Brees, which honestly is a better thing, if anything, right? You're going to have that deep, deep, uh, deep passing lanes. You're going to have all those plays open up, right? So next year, I actually am looking forward to seeing how, you know, this offense is super flexible, the play con. I'm looking forward to see. I think, I think if things go well, I think this could be uh, a wild card team here in the Chargers. Yeah, no, definitely the potential is there. And, you know, I've said this before too, you know, these West Coast games, I haven't really gotten much of a chance myself to watch Justin Herbert on TV, but I know there's going to be all those primetime games this year. We're going to see, but again, man, all I'm going to say is not doubting the potential, but I've got to see it. All right, let's move on to the Broncos. And we haven't really been able to see Vic Fangio put things together in a while here. And, you know, the hope was that, you know, he would bring in that defensive style, defensive tenacity. You had Bradley Chubb, you had Von Miller, right? But things just haven't really been good since Vic Fangio. What went wrong here, Safik, and what can we look forward to this season? Well, I think one of the big things that went wrong was injuries. You know, last year, there was their primed year. You know, they were about to go out. That was going to be their year. And we saw what happened, losing so many starters to injury. But, you know, that that is something that happens in this league. You've got to move past that. But I think what I'm really focused on this year, and with, like, any other team, the quarterback position, right, is, is quarterback going to be the position that holds this Denver roster back? Because we see the talent that's on this roster. But is Teddy Bridgewater going to be that guy? Because he's been named as a starter now. And we know he's been around the league, right? He knows what he's doing. It's not about, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be ready to start? Of course, he's going to be ready to start, but is he going to elevate this team? I don't know, man. I, 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 think, I think Teddy Bridgewater brings stability, but is he that guy? Is he that guy? And, and that, that's the question, mark, right? It, it, in my opinion, it was an extremely confusing move, right? I would have honestly gone with Drew Locke, right? Because... I think everyone, all 32 teams in this NFL know what Teddy Bridgewater brings. He's your prototypical guy. He can step into any system and deliver on any day, right? But he's never going to take it to the next level. He brings stability, but is he that guy? Not, not really. But Drew Locke, in my opinion, had the potential to be that guy. But the Denver Broncos never tested his ability, never tested his talent, right? In my opinion... They should have started Drew Locke. And this was an extremely confusing move, right? They should have put Drew Locke there, especially they have an extremely easy schedule to begin with, right? You're looking at the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. It does not get easier than that, right? I think they should have put Drew Locke out there, tested the waters with him, and see how he progressed. Because at the age that Drew Locke is at right now, and you know the years that he has ahead, the way he can progress, it would have been in the best interest for the Broncos to, you know, start him over Teddy Bridgewater. And that's, what's confusing. Like what is the future of this Broncos organization and what is the purpose of this year? 
because in my opinion, this is just going to be another mediocre team. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but just to play devil's advocate here, right. The thought process could be, because you you said that, you know, you want to see Drew Locke get another chance to prove himself, but he's been getting chances for two years and has not proved himself. There was like a good five game stretch at like the end of his rookie year. But since then it's been up and down and maybe, you know, maybe the Broncos just said, we've seen enough of this. You know, we want some stability at the quarterback position. And the other, you know, thing maybe you could say is Denver is sort of, has the roster to say they're win now. I don't know if you would agree with that on a hundred percent, but they can go win, right? This roster with good quarterback play can make the playoffs. Like you would agree to that, right? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, that might be actually the case. If I look at it, you know, the, the front office might've said, you know, this is a playoff bound team. Right. And, you know, you look at, you know, you have Vic Fangio on the defense and if, if you're going to consider defense to be your strength of your team, right, you just need a serviceable offense. Look at the defense, right? Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, we already talked about them. You added Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, uh, re-signed Justin Simmons to a long-term deal, right? So I guess what Denver's front office is saying is, look, we have, in our opinion, a top 10 defense that can hold the fourth down. We just need a serviceable offense that, you know, third downs, they get it done. They get the timely score and we pull out some games. I think Denver's front office truly believes that they can make a run at the playoffs this year. And that's why I think if anything, that should be the logic behind starting Teddy Bridgewater. Other than that, I, I don't see why. Yeah. And you know, with that, I, I think this is a huge year then for Teddy Bridgewater because he's been around the league, but we've never seen him since that Minnesota team, right? Like he's never been on a team that's like primed for the playoffs. This is a team that could make the playoffs. So if Teddy Bridgewater like it's his job now, right? So like, if anything, it's it's his job to lose or his job to keep. That's how I see it. Okay, I guess when we say prime for the playoffs, we mean you know like he's actually going to start in the playoffs and lead the team. So like the Saints don't count. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's see if Teddy Bridgewater can finally make Denver his home after you know jumping around to a lot of teams. Let's take a look here at the Raiders, and one more word that always comes to mind here: mediocrity. That's what it's been even though their slogan, you know, a commitment to excellence, we have not seen that excellence on the football field consistently. And that's been the problem. There have been excellent moments and then there have been moments that are not so excellent. I, I really don't know where the direction with this team is. Like, are, are they, look, they're not a contender. They haven't been that way for the past few years, but they're also not committing to a full rebuild. So they're sort of stuck in the middle where it's like, where are you going? Right. Derek Carr, and I think Derek Carr really uh, resembles, you know, he, he uh, I think Derek Carr encompasses this, where it's like the Raiders have sort of been attached to Derek Carr in a sense. Uh, and it's sort of starting to seem like he's not that guy that can lead them into the future. And so now the question, in my opinion, becomes, is holding on to Derek Carr worth it? Or should, you, should they just, you know, fall back into a full rebuild? start accumulating talent and start accumulating picks. Yeah. Well, I think that really depends on what John Gruden sees in this team. Cause you know, he's the guy there. He's locked up this nice 10 year deal. He's doing well in the financial department, but on the football field, not so much. And there's always been, well, what is it like three years now they've been in the playoff race and they have not made the playoffs. And I think it really comes down to, I don't know. Is, is it coaching? Cause we see so many just a lack of execution at the end of the 
end of the season. And I don't know, maybe it's young, inexperienced players. That's sort of what I attributed it to before, you know, last year when we were talking about the Raiders. But, you know, you can't have young, inexperienced players on the field if you want to win football games at the same time. You know, you've got to coach them up. You've got to get it figured out. So I think we've got to take a long, hard look at John Gruden as well. And he's a, he's a talented coach, right? Like he's not just some random guy that came into this 10 year deal. Like he definitely deserved what he's gotten from the Raiders organization, but with that comes expectations to which the team has not delivered. Yeah. I think if Mark Davis needs to do anything, like if, if Mark Davis is going to go out there and spend that much money on a coach, he needs to also set some expectations and, for the past couple of years, those expectations haven't been met. In my opinion, Gruden needs to be on the hot seat now. He, he needs to be on the hot seat. Because if you're getting that type of money and, you know, and, and that type of level, that level of trust from the front office, you need to make the playoffs, right? You, it can't be where it's like, you know, all three years, you know, we have the roster, we have, we have some sort of talent, we're in the race, we're in the race, we're in the race up, you know, we're not in the playoffs. Right. We need to see. And, and if they're not going to make the play, and it's going to be even it's gotten even harder. I would say it was easier in, over the past three years to make the playoffs in the AFC. There's no gimmicks now. Now, like the level of talent in the AFC has been significantly raised. There are a lot more teams in the playoffs who can make. There's a lot more teams in the AFC, in my opinion, who can make the playoffs. So. I don't know if the Raiders don't make the playoffs this year or don't do anything special with the season or don't give any sense of direction towards the future. I don't know, man. I think there have to be some significant moves made in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you, but I don't, I don't think John Gruden's going anywhere, man. I think he's Mark, Mark Davis is in love with that. dude. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But it, it's there, you know, it's, it's, if it's, it's like, that small gap that's just keeping them out, it's, they're never a bad football team, right? You can never say the Raiders are a bad football team, but you can't say they're a good one either. They're just – they're a good they're a football team. That they're, they're there, but – They have guys, but they're never able to gel. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Let's transition here to what may be football's best division. And I mean all four teams can make the playoffs here. All four. That is how special this division is. And the NFC West, man, this division is incredibly deep, talent-rich. Every team has something to love. I mean, I, I can't wait to watch NFC West football, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the other divisions just kind of have to pack it up. There's no wild card opportunities there. This is all the NFC West we're going to see. Yeah. I would not be surprised if we saw all four of these teams in the playoffs. You know, the Cardinals, of course, whatever they're doing, San Francisco, all, all these teams, man, these are playoff caliber teams at its finest in the NFC West. Right. And let's start off with uh, last year's division winner, the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, this is a this is an interesting time now. Right. Because because we're getting to a point where it's becoming Russell Wilson dominant, Russell Wilson centric and it's not going anywhere. It's not delivering results in the playoffs. And I think I sort of, you know, go to the Titans here where it's like, you know, they're so reliant on Derrick Henry, but eventually it's not going to work out. Eventually you need to diversify that offense, diversify the pressure and build a well all around the team. Right. 
And Seattle, they need to start. They haven't, they haven't shown us that. They, they've, they've said, you know, Russell, here's the keys. Here's some weapons. Do it for us. And it's, so far, it's, I don't know. Is it going to work out this season? Uh, or are they going to be a playoff disappointment again? Yeah, no, they made that offensive coordinator change now. Sean Waldron, excuse me, Shane Waldron from the L.A. Rams. And I, I think it's really going to be sort of taking some of that pressure off of Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson can deliver in the heat of the moment. We've seen that. But when you ask your quarterback to do that every single week for 17 weeks and then into the playoffs, there are going to be moments where – because it, it's a team sport, right? You know, football is the ultimate team sport. And there are going to be elite defenses that can take or at least minimize Russell Wilson the same way a team like Baltimore in the playoffs minimized – Derrick Henry and the Titans have that problem so I think it starts with kind of running the ball with Seattle you know having just easy plays to pick up yards you know with the Rams when when the Rams were kind of in their height right with Jared Goff nothing was hard about that offense you know it was easy run run play action guys are wide open Jared Goff just had to get the ball to where it has to be and if that kind of efficiency that kind of simplistic style comes into Seattle, you know, and then on top of that, what Russell Wilson can bring to that as well. I think there's just so much potential here. That's kind of untapped in Seattle. Yeah. But keyword is potential, right? Cause Seattle has tried to commit to this where it's like, okay, let's take off the pressure off Russell Wilson. They have this running back by committee, right? They're drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. Obviously they've had Chris Carson, right? But things haven't panned out in the way that they want to. So it's going to be interesting to see, how bringing in sort of this Rams, this, uh, you know, guys from the Sean McVay tree now uh, and trying to implement his style in Seattle. That's going to be interesting to see. Um, and another thing I, I do want to bring up is a big question has also been, can the defense keep up with the offense, right? Because that offense, high scoring, right? But that defense just hasn't lived up uh, to expectations, especially since Jamal Adams has come over. Uh, we expected you know, we talk about uh, this effect where you bring in this one superstar guy into the secondary, it makes everyone's job easier. It hasn't really, if I'm being honest, it hasn't really. Um, and so, Ken, that's a big question that I really need to get answered in order for Seattle to move off of this playoff disappointment that they've shown us is, can this defense match the offense? You know, absolutely. I was going to say that. And there's a lot of slack, you know, they've got to pick up the slack. Pete Carroll's defense has not, it hasn't been the same defense. And I think a part of that is, you know, when you had guys like Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, all in their prime, you had those leaders on that defense, right? And there was no question, like 99.99999% of the plays, those guys were going to be in the right spot. They're going to do their assignment. And that just made it easy because defensive football, just any football, right? It's so assignment dependent. Like, I have to do my job. You have to do your job. The corner has to do his job. Any one of those pieces fails, the whole thing collapses. And that's kind of what has happened with Seattle. I feel like they've been in games and then, oh, okay, they just gave up this long touchdown and it comes down crumbling or whatever it is. Um, I think that's just – they have to find those leaders on that defense and find guys that can execute. And I, their, their first-round pick from last year – Jordan Brooks, I believe, you know, he didn't see the field that much last year. I think he's going to be a starter this year on that defense, see what he can bring, but it's just finding those key guys. Like they don't have those guys. Jamal Adams is, was brought in to be one of those guys. And we have to see that. 
Right. And it's going to be even harder this year with Shaquille Griffin moving on to the Jaguars with the big mm-hmm. contract that he landed. No, do your job. Everyone's going to have to do their job. All 11 guys, every single defensive player are going to have to do their job. And we're going to see if it pans out in Seattle this year. All right, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. And well, needless to say, last year was just throw it out. There were just too many injuries to even call it a proper season. But this year looks more promising. You know, they have a healthy uh, D line led by Nick Bosa, uh, D Ford, Arik Armstead, their first round pick, Javon Kinlaw, and they got an exciting new toy at quarterback in Trey Lance. And man, with the way that he has been balling out in the preseason, oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo's job is just, it's soon going to be out in the water, man, because this dude, Trey Lance, is special, especially in that Kyle Shanahan system. You know, it says it right here in my notes. Jimmy G is about to be out of a job. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> there's no other way to put it. Trey Lance has looked great. And there, there have been moments, you know, he hasn't been completely perfect. Perfect. I don't want to get too high, kind of like I was with Justin Fields. But there's, there's no question, man. This guy has it. You know, he's going to be the starter at some point. I wouldn't be surprised to see him this season as a starter. And having Kyle Shanahan there, there's, there's going to be no problems with this offense. I, I think the thing we have to really look at is the defensive side of the ball with Robert Sala now moving on to be the New York Jets head coach. D'Amico Ryans is their new defensive coordinator. And for anyone who does not know who that is, he used to be a linebacker with the Eagles um, like eight to 10 years ago, whatever, some time frame. And it's going to be interesting because Robert Sala was a big part of what made that defense great. So are they going to be that same defense or is it going to take a step back? Right. Um, that, that's the question that we're going to see answered this year. And obviously you can't, you can't replace a guy like Robert Sala, but you also can't replace talent. And that defensive line is ultra talented and it's ultra deep. They have like five to six guys who can at any given moment get after the quarterback. So, you know, I, I sort of equate it to, the Eagle system, actually, uh, when they won the Super Bowl, which is they always had guys rotating in and out and they always had a fresh set of legs and they always had a fresh group of guys who would get after the quarterback. And that that sort of became their system. And I think it's become an efficient system in San Francisco where they're able to get after the quarterback and sort of alleviate the pressures uh, on their secondary, which obviously there's a trade off. Defensive line is deep. The secondary isn't so much. So. I think it's going to be interesting to see if that system and that efficiency works without Robert Sala this year, but needless to say, the talent is there for San Francisco 49ers. And this is definitely uh, at the very least, in my opinion, a wildcard team. Another team here. There's no question going to the playoffs, the LA Rams, their brand new quarterback, Matthew Stafford. What's the expectation this year for the Rams? You know, you know, you know, they're my Super Bowl favorite. I said it after the season last year. I love this team. I think Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, this year, in the spirit of bold predictions, Matthew Stafford is going to win the MVP. He is going to be an MVP quarterback. And when you look at this team as a whole, I could, I'm just going to rave about, there's so much to rave about here, right? You're bringing Matthew Stafford into a system 
which has Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and added Deshaun Jackson. Needless, you know, and if anything, you, you want to look at this Rams team and be like, you know, there's an issue. It's the running back by committee, which, you know, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, uh, Xavier Jones, there's a lot of capable runners on that team. So I'm not too concerned with that backfield, right? Offensive line is solid as ever. And we know, we know who is on that defense. There is no, you don't even need to mention, you know, Aaron Donald, Jalen. There's no need, like this team top to bottom. There's, there's nothing to hate about this team. And this is a playoff team, no question. I think they can definitely go out and win the division over Seattle and win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, those, those are the lofty expectations. And I don't disagree with you, man. But, you know, that's MVP season for Matthew Stafford. That doesn't normally correlate with the Super Bowl win. We've seen that in the past. You know, the MVPs don't have great don't, – don't live up to that and go – go ahead and win the Super Bowl, maybe the, you know, the MVP curse, if you want to call it that. But talking about the Rams here, everything you said, man, the defense, head coach, and just the fact that they made the playoffs last year and they were a divisional round team, and they still had, like, questionable quarterback play, just to think about that. And now you're going to throw in Matthew Stafford, who, okay, th- th- this, like, this team is it. And Matthew Stafford is, has that expectation. I think he's going to deliver on that. But if for any reason this team doesn't reach that expectation, I don't know. Is it going to be because Matthew Stafford didn't live up to it? I don't know. That's the question. I'm still there's there's someone's going to need to take the blame that because this team is perfectly built for the for you know winning in the regular season, winning in the playoffs, and making a Super Bowl run in February. This team is perfectly built for that. So if it doesn't if it it doesn't go work out that way, I don't know, man. But like. I still think, you know, a lot of people forget just how good Matthew Stafford oh, yeah. was just because he played in Detroit. This dude, is, he is a top five quarterback in the league at his best, at his very best. If he delivers, he is a top five quarterback on any given Sunday. And you expect to see it in a Sean McVay system. That's all I'm going to say. Expect to see it. Right. I'm just really excited um, for my prediction to be right because I know the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I love it. I love it. And we got to look at the Cardinals here, the last team in this division, a team that has really hurt us in the past. We have been such avid supporters, believers in this team. They did not deliver last season. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, man, you got to do better. Um, You know, we were high on this team, um, but as, as we have learned our lessons on paper does not translate to on field. Um, And I think, if anything, it was epic Cardinals uh, this past year. But moving forward to this season, I think we saw the highs and we saw the lows, but I guess this year we're expecting a lot more of the highs, especially with some of these off-season additions that they've made. Um, we talk about the Cardinals. We talk about Chandler Jones. We talk about that D-line. Guess who they added to that D-line this year? J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. And he's coming back with a vengeance. I mean, if you, if you see this dude, his attitude, the way he's played in training camp, he, he looks like 25, 26-year-old J.J. Watt. He, he looks like a younger version of himself. He's ready to get on that field. Uh, and another, you know, department for the Cardinals that's stacked, I know you just absolutely love it, the wide receiver room. And I mean, golly. 
Yeah, just throw in A.J. Green there. Why not? You got A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, looking like my 2015 fantasy football team. (laughs) And Christian Kirk in the slot, Andy Isabella. There's just – Rondell Moore from Purdue. From Purdue, their second-round pick, I want to say. And there's just so much talent for this team to go out and win eight games again this year. It can't can't happen, man. They got to figure it out. You know, the way I like to think about it is it's actually necessary for the Cardinals to win the playoffs. Right? Like when you look at the trajectory of this team coming off the rebuild and the talent that they've added, it is a necessity for the Cardinals to make the playoffs this year. Cause otherwise something is going to need to change, right? There's going to be, there has to be something wrong with this team, fundamentally wrong with this team that needs to be corrected if they don't make the playoffs this year, in my opinion. Right. Cause when we look at top to bottom, not only have we seen a majority of these guys on the field, but you're adding like another dimension of talent, which can easily gel with this Cliff Kingsbury system that they've established in Arizona. So I don't know, man. I think it's just, this is playoff or bust here for the Cardinals. Yeah, I know for sure. And I just want to add, like, is Cliff Kingsbury the guy? Cause that's going to be the next question. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, is he the guy? Cause I, I think Kyler Murray, like, Come on now. Kyler Murray is one of those guys that, you know, he's going to, he has the potential at least to be one of those elite quarterbacks in this league. He already is making plays like he is one, but I guess an element of consistency with Kyler Murray also needs to arise. We've seen him like, remember like the Rams game last year, one of the, I think the second Rams game, that was a big game for the division. I don't think Kyler Murray really delivered in that one. Again, whatever, one game, but this is the year, the Cardinals. And I like the way you put it. It's a necessity because it is because some this team could just come raveling apart because kind of like the Denver Broncos, right? They were kind of primed there and it didn't click. I guess for them, you could say it's injuries, but all it takes is one bad season and could be back to square one in a rebuild. Right. And I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, he might be on the hot seat. I don't think he's on the John Gruden level hot seat. He's not on that where it's like, oh, you know, We've not been making the playoffs for the past three, four years, and you know we're almost there. But I think there's sort of it's starting to heat up. It's at it's at it's at a it's at a mild 55, 60 degrees right now. Now it's not it's not the 80s, 90s, but I think I think things you know management is going to start to say you know we've put this amazing roster together for you, put it together, or we're going to put you out. Just because he brought it up, well, what's what's Andy Reid's seat temperature like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's a question that I'm going to refrain from answering. <laughs> um, all right. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 49th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. Where we're going to go over all of our season predictions, make some bold predictions. Sopic, I know you love those. And some Super Bowl winners. Let's see how the season's going to turn out. Until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi and Sopic Trinibus. Stay safe and take care.